0: Master Hakuin's Chant in Praise of Zazen. From the very beginning all beings are Buddha. Like water and ice, without water no ice, outside us no Buddhas. How near the truth, yet how far we seek. Like one in water crying, I thirst. Like a child of rich birth, wandering poor on this earth, we endlessly circle the six worlds. The cause of our sorrow is ego-delusion. From dark path to dark path we wandered in darkness. How can we be free from birth and death? The gateway to freedom is Zazen Samadhi. Beyond exaltation, beyond all our praises, the pure Mahayana. Upholding the precepts, repentance and giving, the countless good deeds and the way of right living all come from Zazen. Thus one true Samadhi extinguishes evils, It purifies karma, dissolving obstructions. Then where are the dark paths to lead us astray? The pure lotus land is not far away. Hearing this truth, heart humble and grateful, to praise and embrace it, to practice its wisdom, brings unending blessings, brings mountains of merit. And when we turn inward and prove our true nature, that true self is no self, our own self is no self, We go beyond ego and past clever words. Then the gate to the oneness of cause and effect is thrown open. Not two and not three straight ahead runs the way. Our form now being no form, and going and returning, we never leave home. Our thought now being no thought, our dancing and songs are the voice of the Dharma. How vast is the heaven of boundless samadhi! How bright and transparent the moonlight of wisdom! What is there outside us? What is there we lack? Nirvana is openly shown to our eyes. This earth where we stand is the pure lotus land, and this very body, the body of Buddha. <clears throat> Today is day two of our summer seven day session, um, 2022, uh, 9th of January. And um, we'll be continuing at the start of the te Show to um, read from a Zenbo article by a Roshi Boden Colhead about Tangun Roshi's life. And um uh, we left off where uh, we were looking at um, Tngan Roshi's uh, emphasis on uh, discipline from the inside uh, by and one of the ways he did this was by having a largely unstructured schedule at Bukogaji his his uh, temple where he trained people we'll take up. More or less where we left off. If the atmosphere at Bukokuji was generally looser than at many Zen centers I'd been to, in some ways it was stricter. Obedience to Tangan Roshi was non-negotiable. No one was permitted to go outside the walls of the temple without his explicit permission. Uh, Immediately, um, it becomes clear that that all that free time in the schedule is um, intended for the for the uh, trainee to uh, sit more because um, th- there was essentially um, no one going out of the temple grounds and this was uh, my experience when I was there too it was it was um, you, you were allowed to go to the, the sort of the pine trees below the below the the uh, grounds um, and do in there but more than that um, one couldn't go and so it was it was, uh, it was a bit like a lockdown you didn't really have a lot of choice about what to do and you could I guess you could just lie around and read books but then what would be the purpose of being there so so there was there was a discipline of a sort of a different sort that was um, imposed, you could say. And and on top of that, there were no days off from the schedule of morning and evening sittings, with wake-up always at 3.45 a.m. The three meals a day, each day, were mainly of rice. Uh, And before going out on takuhatsu, we had to submit to his meticulous inspection of our attire. After all, we were representing the Dharma to the public and he once adjusted my undershirt at the throat to make an exposed quarter inch of it disappear. Um, Takahatsu in Japan is the the ritual uh, begging for um, food and donations in order to support the temple. Belinda re- recounted that he had been furious with her for shaving her head without his permission. And, and then in, in a parenthesis, he quotes Belinda. He says that I should look like a woman. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to read this and uh, remember that even enlightened masters can have um, prejudices. Shortly after I had settled in at Bukokuchi, we were all roused from bed at midnight by the Roshi's lilting cries through the courtyard, accident, fire, accident, fire. Unbeknownst to us, this was his way of memorializing an act of arson committed on the night two years earlier when a mentally disturbed resident set fire, set a fire in the Zendo building. Alarmed, we streamed out of our rooms to fight the blaze in a hastily formed bucket brigade, with Tangan Roshi spurring us excitedly, only to find ourselves heaving water onto the cold cement pyramid of memorial tablets in the graveyard. After some fifteen minutes of this, he had us change clothes and sit in the zendo for a short talk by him. We then repaired to the dining room for rice balls and a special tea while he regaled us with hearty reminiscences of details of the actual fire. You could could probably uh, put this in in the category of. a kind of crazy wisdom. Given, given also that, that the, the residents of the, the monastery get so little sleep, getting up at 3.45, um, this interruption of sleep, and we'll see this later as well, um, is obviously a, a powerful teaching in um, letting go of creature comforts At the tea break one day, Tangan Roshi told us of a woman who had just joyfully informed him that her husband, who had needed surgery for stomach cancer eight months earlier, was just pronounced cured. When the f- wife had first learned of his diagnosis, Tangan Roshi said she came to him overwrought with concern. What do you think I told her? She He asked us, beaming. Someone guessed. Canondo which means uh, uh, can, hall of the canon the um, like our canon room that was the second thing I told her he grinned what was the first thing finally he told us surrender and that's surely what the the trainees had to do when woken up at midnight by the Roshi to pour water on the, on the gravestones in a reenactment of, of, of putting out a fire. You he, he can see the, the art in his, in his craziness. What are the fires that we, we are called on to put out? Fires of, of uh, delusive passions. And is it worth losing a little sleep to do that? imagine there would be quite a bit of emotion involved in, in uh, somebody lighting a fire in the in the uh, Buddha Hall too. So the Buddha Hall of the Zendo. The Zendo building. Another story. At the morning tea break on my first day at Bukokuju. Tangan Roshi passed around maple sugar candies that I had brought from Rochester. This reminded him, he said, of the deep karma he felt with a maple tree that had saved his life right after his taking charge of Bukokuji. While hiking in the mountain behind the temple, he had slipped and fallen over a precipice. About 30 feet down, he was caught in his midsection by the single branch left on the old tree. This left him with a permanent pain in his hip, but it saved him from almost certain death. While falling, he said, he realized, Ego unnecessary. Then he brought out the branch itself, which someone, to his regret, had cut off to present to him. <laughs> tisk tisk tisk. <laughs> I, I still have vivid memories of of our roshi, roshi Bowden, telling the story and dramatizing those lines: "Ego unnecessary, ego unnecessary." as he was falling down this cliff. Again, another escape from death. boden Roshi goes on. It is hardly surprising, given Tangan Roshi's three narrow escapes from death, that his faith in the grace of Canon was unwavering. Whereas the Buddha, Buddha's birthday and Jukai were both minor observances, the Kanon day ceremony, held every month, lasted two and a half hours. Beyond that, in his own person, he proved himself every day from before dawn until after dusk, the flowing embodiment of compassion. Just as Kanon figures are sometimes shown with many heads and arms, He seemed to notice everything about his students and respond to them according to their needs, whether sternly or tenderly. And not just his own students, but uh, the people of Obama, the small town in which uh, Bukokuji is located. When we were at Bukokuji in 2001, um, over a few days, we witnessed. Um, Tangan Roshi uh, receive a a young married couple and their newborn baby Uh, give a talk to a team of 12 year old boys all dressed in identical baseball uniforms uh, and conduct a funeral as well as giving Taisho and Doksan and participating in group Sazen we we literally witnessed all of this because the the, the layout of the um, Bukkogiji has the, the Hondo, which is like the, the, the Dharma Hall, or the the ceremonial hall, as opposed to the Zendo, which is uh, separate. It's it's kind of wide open. All the 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 folding panels that go across the front are, are kept open, and um, you can see you can see what's going on in there, or pretty much wherever you are in in the grounds. And, and this was just over the space of um, two or three days that we saw all of this. So he is, he is just he's just he was just like um, in a in a continued continued sort of samadhi of uh, response to the needs of those around him. When taking leave of Tangan Roshi and Bukokuji on the day after a seven-day sishin, um, Wes, uh, uh, who was with him on this trip that he's talking about, um, we'll we'll say a bit more about him uh, later on. Um, Anyhow, they they were mortified that Tangan Roshi woke up all the residents from their deep hard-earned naps to see us off at the temple gate." Again, a little bit of teaching going on. Later I came to see this gesture not just as Japanese etiquette but a tribute to us that signalled the same faith he had in everyone, all Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas. No doubt he hoped that it would leave us determined to live up to his respect. That morning, over tea with us, he said, Zen is dying in Japan and being reborn in America. His life of exertion has done much to keep the flame of the Dharma alive in both East and West. Um, the, there's there's actually one of the koans um, looks at this um, this way in which a teacher can can kind of, through their respect and care arouse a sense of, 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 of uh, shame in the student that makes them work harder. Uh, it's uh, King, King Yu's rice pail, where King Yu comes and he cooks the food for his assembly and, and comes to them at the mealtime dancing and, and inviting all the buddhas and bodhisattvas to come to the meal. Um, Roshi also told me that when he was at Bukokuji, um Tangan would would um, let the others in, in the monastery at that time have their bath first. And this was unheard of and usually the bath, the order of the people being able to use the, the Japanese style bath where you, you wash outside and then, then go into the water to... Um, uh, you wash and rinse outside the bath, and then then sit and soak in the hot water. Um, that he would he would let everybody else go first, and people were so um, kind of embarrassed by this that they would feel obliged to go and do another hour or two of sitting, <laughs> rather than <coughs> going straight off to bed. Incredible, incredible energy, and um, and this deep, deep uh, interest in in everybody and and in their uh, spiritual lives. We'll um, come back to more anecdotes later, but. Um, we'll just turn now to the the article that we uh, quoted some from yesterday about his going, being a kamikaze pilot, and just continue now with that um, the teaching that that um, he gives in the rest of the article. And this we left off yesterday with this one where he talked about um, uh, giving our life to the, the practice and the investigation and, and refusing to let anything, any ideas or thoughts or attitudes get in our way. And then he used this lovely expression which um, can be really helpful. He says, your yes must be open. He uses this as a way of describing the nature of our resolve and practice. To, to come to the practice with an openness to all that might arise in it. All that we might have to encounter. He goes on, um, even though some people seem to be blessed and joyous, that doesn't mean that they have, or that you have, true peace of mind. Not deeply, not really. So, argue, ask yourself: Are you really going to be all right, no matter what? In other words, in other words, is our our pleasant Uh, happiness or um, positive states of mind uh, do they depend on circumstances are we are we settling for um, conditioned well-being? One of the things that the pandemic has has... Uh, showed up for for us is uh, how do we react when we can't do what we want to do, when we can't get what we want or uh, avoid what we don't want? What, what, how do we respond when things go wrong and when things get hard? And how do we respond to others in distress? Do we shut down or do we really respond? He continues, there is a stone here in the graveyard upon which these words are carved. We were just... As once, we, we were once just as you are now, you will become as we are now. And this is, um, I think, a traditional inscription for graveyards that are part of uh, Buddhist temples. We were once just as you are now, you will become as we are now. How is that? he asks. The fact is everyone passes on. Impermanence is swift. No matter how blessed you may feel in your present circumstances, how easygoing, how secure and pleased you are, you cannot, cannot hang on to that world. It will be jerked out from under you. Impermanence is swift. The lining of your present life <clears throat> is Death. the lining of your present life. It's if we were wearing a jacket um, and its lining was death, hugging us. The problem of life and death is no one else's problem. It is yours to deal with. And then there are the many desires You can't get what you want. It never seems quite right. Never enough. Dissatisfaction and frustration seem to surface. There are so very many people who worry about what would seem to be no problem at all. The more you know of this world, the more you see it to be a giant exhibition of suffering. Everywhere you look, you see plenty of examples of misery. What about you? Have you no pain, no suffering, no worries, no fears? If you honestly think, hey, not me, I can meet it as it comes, go with the flow. I'm not afraid, I can always be at peace. Then you are fooling yourself, giving yourself license, seeing yourself for what you are not. You are caught up in a self-notion, clinging to an ego idea, and lost in that self, you cannot hear the cry or see the tears of others. If you can overlook those tears, you are not a person of great peace of mind. We can, we can come to practice longing for peace of mind uh, but not really understanding what it really is. It's not the peace of mind that comes from peaceful conditions, say having a good health, a uh, nice house, living in a peaceful country, having a, um, a job that's very you find very harmonious. Um, not that's not great peace of mind. That's conditioned peace of mind. Great peace of mind is the, the kind of well within us that is um, not dependent on circumstances, that endures through. Uh, strife and hardship and uh, difficulty that it enables us to dive into life not the type of peace of mind that involves um, retreating from it leave me alone, let me be which many of us will recognize as, as uh, a response to the world at times in us. The depth of truth is bottomless. Your interconnection is bottomless. A single grass in the field is perfect Buddha. How utterly one are all things the grasses, the trees, the great earth, the great sky. All being is born in relation to all things. This is the true self, the perfect self. No matter what, all is goodness. However, because of deluded perception, beings fail to realize their inherent Buddha nature. Truth is universal and complete. Can you receive and embrace thoroughly this one truth? The kernel here is when he says, all being is born in relation to all things. We live in in this world which is um, nothing but relationships. I've quoted this recently, but I'll I'll quote it again. This is um, the... uh, Dharma heir of Master Sheng-Yen, Guo Gu, he says, uh, Wisdom is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is emptiness. What is emptiness? Relationships. So you are made up of non-you. You are related to everything else, everyone else. In Chan, when a person gains insight into wisdom, which is insight into the nature of emptiness, it is at the same time the realization of compassion, Wisdom and compassion are not two wings of a bird. They are actually the same thing. Wisdom is interconnectedness. Emptiness is relationships. When you become relationships, you become everything else. Amid relationship, nowhere is there attainment or self-referentiality. This is the meaning of supreme wisdom. Gaining, losing, waiting, reject- wanting, rejecting... They are all based on self-referentiality and attachment. You mustn't lose sight of who you actually are. So we can know this. We can read this um, clear explanation and, and understand it to a certain degree. But it remains a description. What we're called upon to do. As practice, practitioners of the Buddha Dharma, is to embody this truth, to live from it, to, to uh, moment by moment live out of it, this understanding of everything being uh, in flux. Everything reflecting everything else in the universe, depending on everything else in the universe and this is why we practice why we don't just sit around and read sutras but that we that we sit and and we when we begin practice we work with the breath because uh, to to change our opinion about the something is one thing, but to change our being is, is, involves a, a body-mind practice of meditation. To um, expose our uh, own different kinds of attachments and, and uh, limitations through that body-mind practice. And to over time, in a sense, breathe into a new way of being. All being is born in relation to all things. Can you receive and embrace, embrace thoroughly this one truth? There is something urging you to look deeper, something which seeks to be known. Don't you see it yet? Isn't it clear yet? You are sitting he- here because you cannot help but seek the truth. The genuine seeks to know itself. Truth is seeking truth. That is why you are here, putting heart and soul into meditation. Your time of awakening will come. No one is hopeless. Life is not mean. No one is left out. There is no one who is more or less Buddha than any other. True nature is never lost, never hidden from you. It only seems that you have to go looking for it. Mu. Questions move. This, this wants to be understood. It longs to realize itself. But you have long lifetimes of fooling yourself protecting yourself, cherishing When you have come to life again, to awakening, it will be so clear that there is no self and no other. There is no opposition, just this one reality. What appears as opposition is simply the result of the self-centered view, which is, of course, the incorrect view. This bad habit and wrong view causes untold suffering for yourself and for others and you will continue to create suffering as long as you go on living in falsehood. It's so painful living in falsehood. It's so painful when we uh, separate ourselves from others. Tangan Roshi experienced this himself as a teenager, this acute feeling of of alienation, of, of somehow not partaking of the world around him. You will continue to experience suffering, fear, a sense of lacking. And you're not helping anybody. Well, when we're caught up in our own in our own suffering, we we have limited resources to help others, and so part of our work is to see the nature of our suffering, see how we suffer, in order to create some some space around. Our delusions and start to um, deal with them and and slowly transform ourselves through awareness. What you think you are, who you think yourself to be, is so entirely mistaken. Grasping self you obviously fail to see who you really are you try to hold what cannot possibly be held for where is there anything fixed change is swift because you try to hold on you feel so much anxiety it's inevitable it's actually we can turn that around and just say any anytime we're anxious we can just that's a flag that we're holding on to something, some notion of how w- we should be, or how the world should be. How could you know true satisfaction? Dissatisfied, you look restlessly out here, out there. Your base camp is I, me, mine. <laughs> it it's, 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 strikes a nail on the head. Our base, our base camp is I, me, mine where we, where we come out from where we return to where we take refuge false refuge of course your base camp is I, me, mine you grasp it, you seek to rely on it you are relying upon a phantom you grasp this phantom self and ceaselessly try to satisfy it what lengths do we go through to gratify the self? We get what we want for a short time and then we lose it. Up, down, up, down. We try to rely on our clever thinking. How could there be any true peace of mind? How could you even begin to give the great universe to the great universe as you receive? Your compassion could only remain half-baked, locked as you are in I, me, mine. You are doing your practice because you have determined to receive life as it is, to come home to life. You will meet with true self." I think again he's really um, pressing on our, on our um, sore points here. Your compassion could only remain half-baked. Have not we all experienced that, of, of uh, seeing how um, we, we don't respond 100% to suffering that we see, often in the people closest to us. As, but as long as we're clinging to this, this narrow sense of, of I, me and mine, then We won't be giving a hundred percent. That's, as he says, that's why we practice. We have determined to receive life as it is. To come home to life. We We forget this periodically and we need to be reminded of why we're here to receive life as it is, to come home to life. To be able to to meet life with an open yes. We human beings rely on our discriminating intellect. How arrogant we are. This is mine, this is what I deserve, credit should come here, this is the way it should be. We compare and contrast and in doing so we shrink our world so small. We get so down on ourselves, we feel so very sorry for ourselves and by turn we are so proud of ourselves. We wonder why the world doesn't turn as we think it should. We become so dark and down, and then we joke to cover our insecurities. Lost in self, we can't help wondering, where is the value of this? What am I doing this for? We wonder if there is any meaning in what we are doing. What about you? Are you clear, crystal clear, about what you are doing? What are you living for? Birth. Aging, illness and death come quick. Your world as you know it is pulled out from under you in a flash. He continues... It seems no time ago at all that I first met my teacher, Dayan Roshi, for the first time. I could only judge the world by my own hard-held beliefs. We have to break through this to see the beauty. And here, some 55 years have flashed by. Now, here, all the universe is embraced in the One. I can assure you that all is well, all eternity is now, here, bold, clear, dignified. Now, here, so vivid, so alive, filled with joy, waiting for you to see it. I will do whatever I can to benefit another. This is just life as it is, naturally. I will do whatever I can to benefit another. That's our joy. That's our affirming, our interrelatedness. I think of the um, Um, something that Franz Kafka said you can hold yourself back from the suffering of the world this is something you are free to do but perhaps precisely this holding back is the only suffering you might be able to avoid Please, please see it. Everything is alive. Great, great alive. This is the happiness of all happiness. And this now here can never be destroyed. The light of your eternal life is shining brightly now. What joy there is in this radiance. Please take care of yourself, your shining Buddha self. Become ever more able to appreciate your Buddha Self. That is not to say be arrogant. There is nowhere anyone needs to feel small, no one to be made small, no one to, be, to feel superior, no one toward whom you could, should feel superior. So who are you to feel vain and proud when your very source is all being? You are supported, you are nurtured, you are guarded by All-Being. Thanks to All-Being, together one is all the universe. This breath is breathed so close, always one, always together. Please never forsake the limitless treasure which is you yourself. Be in touch, simply do not look away. Be in touch. Simply do not look away. Grasp nothing. Hold nothing. There is just now, here, fresh, new, alive. Now. Just do your practice with all good grace. Just do your practice with all good grace. We'll stop here and recite the four vows.
1: All beings without number, I vow to liberate I vow to liberate endless blind passions I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha I vow to attain